T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. A shortened version of the program today coming out of Cardinals Baseball. We do welcome you in. If you want to join us, 314-436-7900. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. We may be changing the name of the show, but it's largely the same. We'll talk a lot of Cardinals baseball between now and 8 o'clock. Again, if you want to get involved, 314-436-7900. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Cardinals lose today to the Rockies by an 8-6 score. If you were with us at the end of the extra inning show, I was going through the Tyler O'Neill splits. Uh, this is interesting. Again, you can... When you dive into numbers, especially when it's a small sample size, you can find some weird things inside of that. But we were looking at the Tyler O'Neill numbers when it comes to runners on. So I told you just a few moments ago that he hits 322 with runners in scoring position. However, he does not have a hit this year with runners at second and third, and he does not have a hit this year with just a runner at third. So you're going, well, how in the world is he a 322 hitter with runners in scoring position if those two splits he doesn't have a single hit? Well, this is why. You do not want to have him at the plate when there are runners at first and third. Almost all of his production when it comes to runners in scoring position have come when there's runners at first and third. He is a 571 hitter in those situations. So, again, you can dive into numbers the way I did, and sometimes uh, you get stuck in there a little bit too much. And uh, you can, I've always said, like, you, there's a reason that, how do I say this? And in the nicest way possible, you can find a number to reinforce almost any argument you want to make, right? Like that's, that's the way things are. There are so many numbers out there. There are so many numbers out there that if I sit here and say, well, I'm going to tell you that Tyler O'Neill is a really good hitter when it comes to uh, driving in runs when runners are in scoring position. Well, I'm going to go search for that number, and I'm going to ignore all the numbers that show he doesn't do that well. But I'm going to find the number that he does. So that's look, that's part of baseball. It's part of sports. But with baseball, more than almost any other sport, uh, you're in this thing where you can almost always find a number that kind of represents what you want to say. 
314-436-7900 as we continue to uh, recap all things that happened during the Rockies series. Welcome, Jeff, onto the program. Hey, Jeff, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, how are you? I think people need to just understand that you're never going to make any progress going into Denver playing three and four games a year. That's, it's just hard on the batters. It's hard on the pitchers. They're just not used to it. Yeah, That's it, all I can say. Yeah, Jeff, I appreciate it. You know, I, oh, man, I, I, I wish I could look it up. I remember when I was little, so there was a year that the Cardinals played the Rockies to open up the series season. I think they played a four-game set there. I, I can look this up uh, during the top of the hour news. I remember, um, yeah, so they, they played a four-game series to start the season in Colorado. If I remember correctly, they lost all four. And I remember, you know, opening day, you always have the uh, the pep rallies and everything going on. I remember being at one, and I remember Joe Buck making the joke that they had petitioned Major League Baseball and that all games in Colorado were not going to uh, end up counting. Weird things happen in Colorado. Now, that doesn't... That doesn't give you a free pass. That doesn't mean that um, you you know things that didn't go well were not your fault. But I do think when you evaluate a team while they're playing in Colorado, you need to evaluate them a little bit different uh, than you would for other situations. We'll go to Mike, who has given us a call. Hey, Mike, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, thank you. I'll state the obvious, like sometimes I hear other folks do. I think with Cabrera... Hicks and Gallegos, you have absolutely no idea what you're going to get. And with Hicks, I don't understand. I've never seen a guy get less at a blazing velocity than Hicks. People square it up on that guy. As far as the batting, they can't go all the way with just Arenado and Goldsmith. They've got to get production elsewhere. I'd be thrilled if the young keeps this up, especially for him. Seems like a great guy. You know, Tyler O'Neill is, is just lost this year. He's had a lot of injuries. You know, unfortunate. Hasn't had a chance to get it together. But um, I think the coaching staff, with what they've got, they've done a good job. But I think they're a little bit thin. If everybody puts it together and they get some production, they might make a long run. But right now they're a little thin. I'd play more Donovan and I'd play more Gorman. All right, That's Mike. All I've got. Yeah, I appreciate it. And. Gorman's having a little bit of a turnaround here recently. He had been slumping. Uh, He's getting it back together. Two hits today. uh, Has the home run today. I felt like we were kind of at the precipice maybe a week ago of him possibly being sent back to AAA to be able to play every day. And now where his bat is at, he's probably going to get the opportunity to play just about every day uh, right now at the big league level. I like what this team can do from a run scoring standpoint. I believe in almost everybody uh, that's in that lineup uh, on a, on almost everyday basis. I do like Tyler O'Neill. I look he again bad day, bad day. There is no way to sugarcoat the day that he had. But almost, um, I I wonder what percentage of major league players who say play at least you know, hundred games of major league baseball have an zero for four with four strikeouts at some point in their career. They probably it probably happens to almost everybody. But he had a bad day. This this was a weird series for him because that first game. He goes 0 for 4, but he was hitting the ball hard. He didn't strike out. He was hitting the ball hard, just kept hitting it where guys were. Uh, then yesterday, he has the 1 for 5 day, but he does have the double, and he drives in a run. And then today, I mean, today's just the miserable day. I, oh, you know, Not all 0 for 4s are created the same. He goes 0 for 4 on Friday. 
hits the ball hard. And for me, I, I, I was fine. I was fine with his performance. It's not his fault completely that he's happy. He's hitting it where guys are. I, I mean, to a certain extent it is, but you understand what I'm saying. If you're making contact, you're hitting the ball hard and you just have bad luck that you're hitting it at somebody. Well, you, you deal with that. You put up with that. So I don't think he had a bad day on Friday going 0 for 4. He had a bad day today going 0 for 4 because of the four strikeouts. And uh, there is pressure on him to get things going at the same time. You're going to see uh, Juan Yepes returning here very soon as he wraps up his rehab assignment. We'll be very interested to see what the roster move is going to uh, look like for that uh, when Yepes does come back up. Also coming up uh, next hour, we'll give you a Jack Flaherty update as he's pitching today in Memphis. So uh, we've got a lot to get to. That's it for uh, technically the first hour of the program. If you're on hold, stick with us. We'll continue to uh, take your phone calls as we look back at today's Cardinals game. Cardinals lose to the Rockies by an 8-6 score. We'll take a break for the news and be back in just a few moments. This is Sports Open Line on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a special KMOX sports presentation. Welcome to the Strike Zone. Powered by Graybar, your source for electrical and data communication products for more than 150 years. Now, the Strike Zone on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. The Strike Zone, part of Sports Open Line here on a Thursday night. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for being with us. 314-436-7900. We're combining a whole lot of things. We're still kind of in Cardinal post-game mode. We're doing the Strike Zone. We're doing Sports Open Line. It's all just a bunch of stuff as uh, we continue to look back at a tough couple days. Uh, 
tough three days, losing two of three to the Rockies and looking forward to a really, really big series against the Brewers. That will begin tomorrow. 8-6, by the way, was the final score. Uh, Coming up later on this hour, actually in about uh, 10 minutes, we are uh, going to uh, talk a little bit about Cardinals minor league baseball, specifically something that happened in yesterday's game that was uh, quite impressive. Daniel Guerrero from uh, STL Today and STL Pinch Hits will be joining us in just a little bit. 314-436-7900. We're continuing to uh, look back at the game today. So if you want to chime in, you can do so as uh, KC has done. Hey, KC, you are on Sports Open Line. Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay, I did have three quick questions. And I know that when I got my Uber on it, so I'm sorry. I know that when um, we made the trade um, with New York, we was going to be hurting in a probably center field position. And I'm wondering if Carson struggles a little bit, um, would they possibly think about putting Edmonds in the outfield? And, uh, and of course, an O'Neill struggle, put Edmonds in the outfield, and therefore you would have uh, an outfield of Carson, Edmonds, and Newt if, if O'Neill continued to struggle. And, of course, if Carson struggles, then we have this opportunity to put uh, Edmonds out there also. And one more thing. I know the batting coach gets a lot of pressure when a team is not hitting uh, up to their capacity. Um, why don't the pitching coach get to get a little uh, pressure sometime with these guys or continue to walk, uh, walk uh, batters and things. Seem like he should uh, carry some weight also. All right. I'll sit and listen. Thanks a lot. All right. Sorry, I turned myself off. I didn't turn you off. That's the kind of day that I'm having where I'm turning my microphone off and leaving the caller on the air. Casey had no clue. I was gone. He could have just started going. My microphone was turned off. He could have been the host for a sports open line for like six seconds. Uh, two, uh, the, the two things you said. First off, uh, Edmund has played a little bit of outfield. Uh, you go back to 2021. He, he was thrown out there in right field on occasion. I don't know if that's the first answer. I, I don't know if that's really a problem. Uh, at the moment, I, I, the, this one's catching me a little bit off guard. Like I get that Tyler O'Neill had a bad day today. I get it, but this team has been scoring a good number of runs over the last two weeks. They've gotten pretty good production uh, from the outfield for the most part. I'm not jumping off these guys yet. I'm that's going to be again. I'm my tenure is about a month old now. Here, uh, we're we're all going to get to know each other. I am play the long game guy. Like I'm not somebody who somebody has a bad series, a bad week, a bad day, and I'm jumping off, right? Like I baseball is a marathon. It's a 162 game season and guys go through slumps and guys go through surges and you just kind of, you take it all in. Now that doesn't mean you don't give a guy a day off when, when something is going poorly, but it also means you don't just completely change everything that you're doing uh, because a few guys are slumping. I think one of the toughest things, actually, is a, to take that one step further, I think one of the toughest things that a major league manager needs to kind of have the, the inv- take, to kind of take an inventory of is uh, at what point does something get bad enough that you need to change? At what point does is it more than a slump, and is it all of a sudden this is who this guy is, so we need to do something to correct this. I'm someone, if I was a major league manager, oh my gosh, people would be calling people like shows like this 
and just killing me, just killing me because I would have a really, really long leash on guys. I would have a horribly long leash. Uh, I would, I would see the best in guys and I would think that they were going to come around. Like that would be, that would be one of my biggest struggles. If I was a major league baseball manager, I would have a really, really, really long leash. So I have a hard time sitting here and saying, these are the changes that need to be made right now, because I'm still very comfortable with who this team is uh, in their offensive profile. And most of the guys that they're throwing out there on an everyday basis. And it's not me drinking Kool-Aid. It's just me looking at the the personnel and feeling pretty good about that. Uh, what was the other question? That was the first question. You asked me multiple. I should have written it down. Oh, why there's no criticism. First off, again, we're, we're getting to know each other. Same spiel I did like two minutes ago. I don't really criticize hitting coaches. I don't really criticize pitching coaches unless it gets really bad. I think I think that is a weak, and I think it is a lazy uh, thing to do if you are – uh, really going after these coaches? Are there have there been bad pitching coaches? Have there been bad hitting coaches? Have there been times where you need to make a change? Yes, yes, there have. So it's not like I'm just giving these guys the absolute 100% free pass. But 99% of the time, these guys are really good at their jobs. There is a reason that they have made it to the major league level, and. A hitting coach doesn't really have that much impact on a hitter. A hitting coach is out there helping a hitter watch video, maybe making some really tiny tweaks in the batting stance. It's just, it's such an overplayed narrative that a hitting coach is going to go out there and make this huge impact. I think pitching coaches do have more of an impact than a hitting coach. Uh, that without a doubt, and I, and I do think there's criticism of pitching coaches. Maybe I'm maybe I'm out of touch here, but I don't I don't think pitching coaches are immune to the criticism. I think there's still criticism towards pitching coaches. Now a lot of times the the main pitching coach is more working with starters, and then you've got the bullpen coach who's working more with the relievers, and uh, you know you generally have an entire baseball operations department and you've got a lot of times I'm not totally sure how the Cardinals run things but I know a lot of organizations when it comes to pitching meetings and things like that uh, the the folks that really look at the data are very involved in that and one more thing on all of this when there are issues with a team I more often look to um, the organizational philosophy than I do the individual hitting coach, the individual pitching coach. If there's a team-wide problem somewhere, then if it's a team-wide problem, then maybe it's an organizational problem as well. Uh, so that's kind of where I go with that. I'm not. I don't like criticizing pitching coaches and hitting coaches. I think they, for the most part, do a really, really good job. All right, we will uh, take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, minor league system specifically. Something that happened yesterday at Double A Springfield that was rather remarkable. We'll tell you all about it coming up in just a moment. And Daniel Guerrero from STL Today and STL Pinch Hits uh, going to uh, join us after this. It is Sports Open Line, the Strike Zone, right here on KMOX. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, 
the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Strike Zone. Powered by Graybar on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Chandler's got a four-hit day today. He started it with an RBI base hit in the first inning. He's homered in three straight innings. The fifth, sixth, and seventh. And this is crunch to deep right field. Redmond swings himself into Springfield Cardinals history. His fourth home run of the ball game. And he hits for the home run cycle, no less. The first player to ever hit four home runs in a ball game for the Springfield Cardinals. That call from the Springfield Cardinals radio broadcast. It was quite the night last night for Chandler Redman. He hits for the home run cycle. Just the second player ever to do that in the history of professional baseball. Is building the future is sponsored by Gray Barn Electric, headquartered in St. Louis. A great place to work. We've got a lot to get to when it comes to the Cardinals minor league system, and no better person to uh, talk about the Cardinals minor leagues than the guy who covers the minor leagues for STL today and also STL Pinchets. He is Daniel Guerrero. You follow him on Twitter at the Dan Guerrero. Dan, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time with us. How are you? I'm doing good, Matt, and thanks for the the invite. I mean, a lot going on, especially last night in the minors, that's for sure. Yeah, so take me through your night last night. Like, at what point are you aware of what could possibly be accomplished as that game is going on? You know, it wasn't really until he, uh, Chandler stepped up to the plate for that last at-bat, knowing that he'd already hit a grand slam and a two-run homer and a solo homer. Um, and then, obviously, he hits that third homer, hits for the home run cycle, only uh, – second player in professional baseball to ever do that the only other time before that was in 1998 um or 19 um yeah 98 by uh tyrone horn who was also a cardinals minor leaguer at the time um and obviously i mean it's not really like an understatement to say it. i mean that's just a remarkable accomplishment i mean it's to hit four homers in a game is one thing but to kind of you know to accomplish the home run cycle i mean it's just uh an insane thing to do yeah, and the fact that it's only happened twice, and each time it's happened with the Cardinals double-A affiliate in 98, it was when the Cardinals had their double-A team in Arkansas, so it was the Arkansas Travelers. I mean, the, you, weird things, quirky things happen in baseball, things that are unlikely, but I don't know if there's anything more unlikely than something happening just twice in the history of professional baseball, and those two times it's each happening with the Cardinals double-A team. Yeah, and I mean, especially, I mean, with, with Chandler, I mean, the uh, Redmond, you know, who's an infield prospect, um, who did it. I mean, it, it, it in a way, I mean, you, when, like, knowing uh, just kind of the way he kind of approaches hitting um, and him being somebody with, you know, a big, uh, baseball IQ, um, kind of really into the science of hitting, I mean, to be able to accomplish that, it's, it's just, um, you know, a, you know, an achievement that, you know, we've only seen one time, and now, I mean, he's in that elite company of, of doing that. 
All right, so Redmond's not a big-time prospect, and now he's a name that Cardinals fans are going to be very familiar with. You're somebody who knows this system very well. Is Does Redmond deserve to be you know, one of those top 30 kind of guys, or is this just sort of one of those weird things that happens to happen inside of a game? Uh, you know, I mean, when it comes to Redmond and just kind of what he can bring to an organization, I mean, he's kind of a, somebody who's bat. Um, if he gets to the big league, he's going to carry him there. I mean, and, and not only that, but I mean, um, like I mentioned before, he's somebody who's really just into the science of hitting earlier in the season. I had a chance to go down to Springfield and um, he was actually able to help Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker kind of uh, fix mechanical things in their swings that helped both of them get off to really good starts. Um, and well, Redmond, I mean, just with uh, the way, you know, the, the way he kind of looks at hitting the way, um, he is able to analyze different swings. I mean, just kind of bring some value to um, to an organization. I mean, not not just with uh, what he's been able to do, but also with you know how he can help others. I mean, and that that was something that Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn both talked about um, with Chandler being such a huge help to them and what they've been able to do this year as well. I don't want to go back in time too terribly much, but you just mentioned Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn, and there was a lot of talk about those two guys being part of a possible Juan Soto trade in addition to uh, some other prospects as well. As someone who knows the Cardinals minor league system so well, I think you might have an interesting take on this. How did you feel about the Cardinals being very hesitant to include multiple of those top-level prospects in a possible Soto deal? I mean, it makes sense for an organization like the Cardinals to be hesitant. I mean, the deal that we saw the the Padres make, uh, I mean, you saw a lot of their their top 10 prospects get shipped out to, to Washington. I guess shipped out is kind of a weird word to say, but, you know, get sent to Washington and, you know, they get uh, the Padres get Josh Bell and Juan Soto, you know, who's kind of a generational type talent. Um, but, I mean, it makes sense for the Cardinals just because um, what they believe they have in Jordan Walker and just kind of the way he's, progressing at such a young age as well through the system. I mean, there's a lot of hope for him uh, to be, you know, middle of the older type bat, uh, you know, when he gets to the big leagues. I mean, same thing with when you kind of look at his versatility and just his athleticism um, and what he can bring. I mean, and, and it, I mean, it, it, obviously, you know, Juan Soto is uh, an excellent player, but I mean, when you have some hope and, and prospects like uh, Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn, and even, you know, with some guys in kind of the lower uh, minor leagues, like, you know, Tim Kent, who's in the lower Palm Beach, or even somebody like Alec Burleson, who's, uh, you know, in Memphis and has been slugging uh, kind of his way through the internet, uh, through AAA. I mean, it, you, you kind of want to hold on to those, uh, you know, possibilities um, because, you know, prospects are possibilities of, you know, guys who are going to impact the major league team one day. There's a couple questions that I get a lot that I'll ask you. We'll start with Jordan Walker. They recently started playing him in the outfield a little bit. It feels like he's blocked on the infield, so put him in the outfield, and maybe that gives him a bit of an easier path to the big leagues if that's what the Cardinals are thinking, and it seems like they are. What kind of timeline could we potentially see on Jordan Walker? You know, um, I, I think you know next year is obviously a possibility. I mean, just because, uh, the way you look at how the outfield is going to shape up, you obviously Dylan Carlson uh, organization, you know, has pivoted to making him the shortstop of the short, sorry, no shortstop, the center fielder of the future. Um, and then when you look at the kind of the corner spots, and that's I think where Jordan Walker can, can kind of fit into the equation. Um, but I think his bat's going to, you know, be the main thing that's going to carry him into the uh, to the big leagues eventually. Um, you know, he's at 
started the season in double A at 19 years old, went to the Futures game, um, and is still just kind of slugging his way through through double A, you know, as a 20-year-old. So, I mean, obviously, like, you, when you see a guy play that well, you you know, and you want him to impact the major league team at, you know, as soon as possible. But, I mean, whether it's next year or even, you know, 2024, I mean, I think, um, you know, it's going to be kind of one of those things where, you know, he's kind of here before you know it. Alec Burleson is a guy who's at AAA and is putting up big numbers. Does he – is he somebody that you think could be in, in the big league picture at some point this year? You know, I think with the way he's playing, you would want him to be. Uh, but, I mean, uh, obviously with the way – same thing, you know, how the outfield is kind of shaping up. Um, and you kind of look at, you know, what Burleson can bring, you know, as a left-hand hitter, um, somebody who not just hits – has hit for power, but somebody who hits for contact and spreads the ball all over the field. Um, I know uh, earlier in the year, uh, Ollie Marmol, you know, spoke highly of him, of, you know, Alec Burleson being somebody who has a professional, like a big league at bat every time he goes up to the plate. And he's somebody, you know, who who understands, you know, what he has to do and how to make adjustments. Um, but when it comes to making an impact, I, I think, you know, that that is a realistic possibility. You know, the one thing that's kind of, I guess, been, uh, holding him back is not being on the 40-man roster, and that's something that, um, you know, is is um, you know makes it a little bit more difficult. But I mean, you know, if there is a need, you know, for outfield help or for a left-handed bat, I think Burleson, you know, is that guy who can, uh, you know, you can plug into that spot. Almost everybody who covers minor league baseball always has the player or the players who maybe are not top 10 level prospects, but that you just kind of fall in love with and think we'll, we'll have a nice path to the big leagues. Who are the play, who is the player or the players in the Cardinals organization that we're not talking about that we should be talking about? The one guy that immediately comes to mind for me is Anohan Paniawa, who is a right-handed pitcher. He started the season uh, with Palm beach and, and low a, and was the league, you know, the Florida state league's, best pitcher pretty much through uh, most of the first half of the season. I mean, he was moved up to uh, high A Peoria not too long ago, but I mean, when he left low A, he was leading the league in ERA and innings and strikeouts. Um, and the the interesting thing with him is that he uh, is rule five eligible at the end of the, uh, you know, in, uh, at the end of the season. So, I mean, uh, that'll be one thing to watch just to see if the, how the organization, you know, if they choose to kind of, uh, uh, you know, protect him in the Rule 5 draft, um, you know, because he, he, you know, he could be taken by another organization. But he's somebody who definitely comes to mind just with the way uh, he's been able to flourish and the consistency he's had throughout the year. We continue to be joined by uh, Dan Guerrero, who covers uh, the Cardinals minor league system for STL today and also uh, STL pinch hits. Uh, what's the who's the guy who's in the minor leagues right now? And obviously, we've seen some of these players. We've seen Libertor. We've seen Herrera. Who do you think that's not on the major league roster right now? And again, they don't have to be a prospect. But who's the guy who's going to have the biggest impact on the major league roster between now and the end of the season? Uh, when it comes to, I guess, the end of the season, I think um, you know there are obviously a lot of guys that you kind of think of who we've seen uh, come back before. But I think uh, when you look at uh, just when he, when it comes to depth, I think of uh, Von Herrera is obviously kind of an interesting guy just because, uh, you know, when Yadier Molina was out, he was able to, you know, get some reps at the big league level. 
Um, but I think obviously when when you look at you know depth and kind of uh, looking for somebody to back up Yadi through the rest of the year, I mean he's definitely somebody who kind of comes into that picture. I mean he's kind of always been uh, you know looked at as you know part of the equation for the the post Yadi and Molina Cardinals and what that'll look like. But I think he's de- he's somebody who you know we we probably could see you know have an impact at some point uh, you know over these last two months. Daniel Guerrero covers the Cardinals minor league system. STL today, STL pinch hits. Daniel, a lot of your work is part of the pinch hits uh, site and uh, people who want to follow along with the minor leagues. You guys have daily reports on everything. It's really, really great information for uh, Cardinals fans to be able to uh, check out. Thank you so much for your time. Look forward to talking to you again in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. There's uh, Daniel. Daniel Guerrero joining us. I did again. I turned my mic off. What am I doing? I'm just having one of those days where I'm turning my own mic off for for whatever reason. Daniel Guerrero joining us here on Sports Open Line. I'll attempt not to accidentally turn off my mic between now and the next 29 minutes before we are done for the day. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone, powered by Graybar on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All part of Sports Open Line here on a Thursday night. Have you for another 24 minutes or so. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for uh, being with us. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And we can continue the Cardinals conversation on Twitter. If you tweet at me, I try to do a good job of uh, responding to folks. Uh, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel had an interesting thing that he said during today's post-game press conference, specifically related to what's going to be happening against the Brewers over the next three days. I don't believe in big series. This is a big series. Yeah, the Yankees one was a big series. This one was no different. Milwaukee's coming into town. Our goal is to beat them. That's it. I respectfully disagree with the manager there. And I understand what he's saying. First off, let me let me say that very clearly. I understand the point that he's trying to make. The point that he's trying to make is that every game matters, every series matters, and you can't you can't overvalue one series over another. So every game is big. Like that's the that's the point he's kind of trying to make here, which is there's it's a little bit cliche, but that's the point he's trying to make. I also find it interesting because he openly did talk about the fact that last weekend series against the Yankees was a big series. So part of me wonders, did he feel his team have a letdown and that's kind of changing the way that he's viewing things? Let's not forget He's still very early on in his managerial tenure. He is a very young manager. And the way you approach things one time might change the next time. Smart people, whether you're a baseball manager, whether you're an account executive, whether you're a car repairman, like whatever, repair person, uh, whatever you do for a living or just do as a passion, If you're good at it, part of being good at it is learning what works and what doesn't work. So we're still in that process. And you go find, you go give me the Tony LaRussas, the Dusty Bakers, the the older, the, the managers who are a little bit long in the tooth who have been doing it for a while. And I promise you, they're still, they're still learning. 
they're still going about it where they're trying to find the best way to do things. You don't become great at something without always knowing that you can be better than you are right now. So that's that's the bottom line when it comes to Marmel. He's going to continue to get better. And I'm not saying that he's not good right now. I think he's done a really, really nice job. Uh, I do wonder, like internally, I don't... There's so many times where I just wish I could get to leaders and talk to them where they just let it all out, where they tell you exactly what they're thinking. Because I just I have to wonder, the team got up for that that series last week against the Yankees. They did. There's no there's no doubt about that. The energy, everything that went with it, and fans played a role in this as well. I mean, those were three really special days. At Bush Stadium, they were, but I just have to wonder if if those three days and getting up for those games and then just kind of the really bad first game against the Rockies, like is that changing the approach that an Oliver Marmel wants to take uh, when when going through the course of the season? So I say all that to to eventually meander my way to this point. These next few games are really important. They're really important now. Does it make the season? No. The Cardinals can sweep through the Brewers, and that doesn't mean they're going to win the division. The Brewers can sweep the Cardinals, and it doesn't mean the Cardinals are going to lose the division. Games can be really important, but games can also be really important and not at the same time completely determine what's going to happen at the end of the year. And that's a great way to define what's going to happen over the next few days between the Cardinals and Brewers. These are really, really important games but it's not going to be a final determining factor on who ends up winning the division this year. But I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that this is mathematics. This is cold, hard facts. These games are more important than other games. Right now, playing the Brewers matters more than playing any other team in baseball. It doesn't matter if when we're... uh, Playing the Brewers is more important than playing the Yankees. Playing the Brewers is more important than playing the Pirates. It's more important than playing the Reds. It's more important than playing the Marlins. It doesn't matter how good or how bad that other group of teams is. The bottom line is, right now, games against the Brewers matter more. Because when you win, like I'm not telling you anything you don't know. When you win, you are guaranteeing a Brewers loss. You can't do that with any other team. If you go beat the Reds, well, the Brewers might beat the Pirates that night. You can't control it. So yes, from a mathematical standpoint, from a standings standpoint, every single day during this series, there is going to be a one-game movement in the standings. One of these teams is going to move up a game, and one of these teams is going to move down a game compared to the two. These games matter more. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I understand why Marmel is taking the approach that every game matters, every game's a big game, every series is a big series. He said, I don't believe in big series, and then he went on. What he was saying when he said, I don't believe in big series, what he was really saying is, I don't believe in elevating some series over other series. He may say that. I I wonder if he really believes it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he doesn't believe it. I don't know. Uh, but he knows it. He knows that these games really matter. And if you can have a great weekend, if you can have a great weekend 
all of a sudden you can space yourself out a little bit uh, between yourself and the Brewers. Now, if some, one of these teams wins two out of three, which is the likely result here, in all likelihood, one of these teams is going to win two out of three. It is not likely that either team is going to sweep the other team. There, I, I, it, That's just the bottom line here. It's two very good teams, two divisional opponents, two teams that know each other really, really well. The The overwhelming possibility here is that one of these two teams is going to win two out of three. So what does that mean? You're going to gain a game if you win two out of three. Cardinals are up a half game. If they win two out of three, they'll be up one and a half games. If they lose two out of three, they'll be back a half game of of the Brewers. So that's that is the likely scenario at the end. Now, if if the Cardinals can find a way to sweep through the Brewers this weekend, and all of a sudden you can take your half game lead and turn it into a three and a half game lead, that's when not that you breathe a little bit better. You really don't. I mean, a three and a half game lead on. August you know, 14th when this series comes to an end. That's not anything that's going to win you the division, but it's it's something. It, it, it feels like there's at least a little bit of space between you and the Brewers. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be fun. This, these are the pitching matchups over the weekend. Um, I think the pitching matchups, I, I like them. That's what I would say. I like the way the pitching matchups set up, uh, especially on Friday and Sunday. The pitching matchup tomorrow, Jordan Montgomery against Eric Lauer. And I'm an Eric Lauer guy. I really like Eric Lauer. I think he's a good pitcher. But just Jordan Montgomery fitting in with the Cardinals, I think, is a perfect, um, it's just a marriage made in heaven. And I expect Montgomery to continue to pitch well for the Cardinals. So I like that matchup. The Saturday matchup, Wainwright against Burns. Anytime you're going against Corbin Burns and going against the reigning Cy Young Award winner, it's going to be tough sledding. Um, and obviously Adam Wainwright because. Uh, had we know what you get out of Adam Wainwright. That's probably the more compa- most compelling pitching matchup of the three games. And then uh, Miles Michaelis against Aaron Ashby is going to be the pitching matchup coming up on Sunday. Uh, we will uh, take a break. We'll come back. We've got some uh, phone calls lined up. We'll continue to preview this Cardinals Brewers series that's going to begin tomorrow. 314-436-7900 if you want to give us a call or give us a text. It's Sports Open Line, the Strike Zone, here on a Thursday night on KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone, powered by Graybar on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. The Strike Zone, part of Sports Open Line, does continue. Just a few minutes left in this uh, this edition of the program. Excuse me, 314-436-7900. If you want to call in, you can also text in uh, at that same number, or you can tweet in at Matt Pauley on air. Cardinals open up the series against the Brewers coming up tomorrow, a 7-15 first pitch tomorrow. That means network coverage begins at 6-20. We'll have a very quick edition of Sports Open Line at 6 o'clock, and it's going to be Jordan Montgomery against Eric Lauer as these two teams open up a huge series against each other. What's on Deck is sponsored by Chesterfield Fence and Deck. ChesterfieldFence.com. 314-436-7900. Bob wants to talk about the Cardinals. Hey, Bob, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, nice talking with you. Hey, I got a couple of observations. I want to kind of get your perspective on this. I have I followed the Cardinals since 1968 when I was 10 years old. I've never seen a team that has such a lack of control of pitching than the Cardinals have. Only Wayno 
and Miles Michaelis are able to find the strike zone. I, I think we got a bunch of throwers on our team, but we certainly do not have a lot of pitchers until we got the new acquisitions. But these other guys that come out of the bullpen, I've never seen a team where they're, they're behind in the count constantly. So I want to get your take on it, see what, you, what you've got to say about it. Yeah, Bob, it's an interesting point. I think there's some truth to it. The, and let's, but let's put the positive spin on it as well. Let's look at it from a complete picture standpoint. A lot of these guys throw really hard, really, really hard. You got a handful of guys who can go hit 99 consistently, who can give you 100, who can give you 101 if you really need it. Like that's that is something that they have now. A 101 mile per hour fastball, if it's flat, it's hittable. Doesn't really matter how throw how hard you throw it. If it's a fastball and it's flat, and especially if a hitter knows that it's coming, or if a hitter's sitting on it, it doesn't really matter how hard you throw it, it is uh it's very hittable. And at times we've seen that with this group. I I think that the maturation process is still going on. It's an important thing to remember. I say this all the time. The, your, the, the development process doesn't stop just because you get to the big leagues. We talk about the minor league system being the developmental system. Well, just because you make it to the big leagues doesn't mean you're there. It doesn't mean the developmental system is done. And I still think there are some guys on this team, some especially hard throwers on this team, who do need to add a wrinkle who need to get a little bit more command of a, of a second pitch just so hitters are not sitting on something and being able to control pitches as well. If throwing a 100-mile-per-hour fastball middle-middle is one thing, throwing a 100-mile-per-hour fastball where you're, you're just barely touching the black, that's another thing. So having more control. So I, I think our caller, I think it was Bob, it was, it was on to something for sure, that there are some of these hard throwers. But the thing is, you can generally kind of coach up and teach up that other stuff. You can't teach 100 miles per hour. You can't teach it. Like the, you, God gives you that. God gives you that. And then it's up to the organization to fix you uh, in the other areas. All right, we just have a couple minutes left in the program. We're going to grab one more phone call real quick. Bill, I've got just a quick moment for you. You're on Sports Open Line. Yes, sir. I was just asking a gentleman, is the elevation in the bullpen on the pitcher's mound identical to the one on the field. Yes. Because to me, I think that's a little different because when they come in, a lot of guys in the bullpen are throwing. To me, it seems like his elevation is lower. So when they come in and they pitch higher, the ball tends to be higher. So I just thought I'd ask that question. No, it's it's supposed to be. It, it As far as I know, it is. If there's a place where it's not, it's not supposed to be the – the mound out in the bullpen is absolutely supposed to have the exact same dimensions of what you have on the field. So I don't think that is, uh, I don't think that's an issue. You know, it is something that when you hear about pitchers coming back from injury, it's always a process. And one of the things that happens before you throw a bullpen session is what do you do? You throw from flat ground. That's always what, that's the step before you throw a bullpen. You you know it's it's coming back. It's throwing on flat ground, throwing a bullpen, going on a rehab, playing a, throwing a simulated game, going on a rehab assignment, getting back to the team. That's the those are the steps that you take. So 
you throw on flat ground, that goes well. Then you throw on a, in the bullpen and you throw off the mound, and it becomes a little bit different. But, yeah, it's, it's exactly the same out there, uh, to be sure. Uh, that's the way it is. All right, that's uh, just about going to do it for uh, this edition of Sports Open Line and the Strike Zone here on a Thursday night. Once again, here is our schedule over the next few days as the Brewers come to town. Huge weekend, huge weekend. The 82 team is being honored. That's going to be really cool. I know Brewers fans aren't especially happy that the 82 team is being honored on uh, on the weekend. But, of course, you got to do it when the Brewers are in town, right? That's the, that's the only thing you can do. So the 82 team is going to be honored uh, over the course of uh, this weekend. Uh, Jordan Montgomery pitches tomorrow. Adam Wainwright will go on Saturday. And then Miles Michael is going to go on Sunday. So the Cardinals, uh, for the most part, have their pitching lined up pretty good here over the next few days. 7-15 first pitch. That means Cardinals network coverage is going to begin at 6-20. We'll have you for a short version of Sports Open Line. That's going to begin just after the 6 o'clock news tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow for more right here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.